At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We've seen a car run into a tree, a tree fall through a roof, and we've even seen a car fall through a roof. Hey, babe. Your parents are here. But there's a better way for your home and auto to come together. Bundle them. And when you get both, you could save an average of 20%. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Hello, and welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. I am Av. I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. I'm free pav, shit. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Do, do we want to take two that? No, it's too late. <laughs> it's too, we, we, can, we can fix shit in post. It's never too late. <laughs> okay, we're doing it live. Can't do it live. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, where are we? Anyway, and uh, this is uh, episode episode sixteen of the second season. I'm sure, none of you, none of you know what this episode is. Uh, we're talking about uh, original song. It's really filler, I think. Really feel like uh, nothing happens yeah. in this entire episode, <laughs> and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. It's None. a shame there weren't any, like, standout scenes in it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Or, Rachel Berry writing original songs for 47 minutes. Well, actually, I take it back. There is one standout scene. I actually really like Mercedes' song. <laughs> oh, they're not wrong. Mercedes' song was good. Uh, yeah, that red piano really kicks it off. <laughs> Love that piano. Wish we'd seen more of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I God. stay at keyboard. I mean, fine. that's what the kids say, right? I stand. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm sure, pretty sure that is a fucking keyboard. I don't like. We can get into cock blocking pianos uh, just in a, in a second. Um, but uh, giving a quick rundown of the episode, if you're not familiar with it, I don't know why you're here. But just for the sake of you know normalcy, let's do it. So, uh, original song is the 16th episode of the second season and premiered on March 15th, 2011. Was critically acclaimed, no idea why, but when it was initially aired, it had uh, like a little over 11 million people watching and about a 4.2 rating share. Not bad. Um, But it did decline slightly from sexy, which I don't get, but okay. Um, The... Let's give a quick rundown on summary here. Preparations for regionals place the new directions with only a short amount of time to decide upon their set list to thrash their competition. Their set list with original songs and are ready to set and go to perform them at regionals. Oh yeah, Bird dies and, and there's something else that happens with Lane and Kurt. The episode was uh, not surprisingly written by Ryan Murphy and uh, directed by Bradley Buker. I feel like the words regionals and original song no longer mean anything to me right now yeah just, just so that, that was a lot of it was a lot of original song and, and, and originals all in one yeah. one short yeah don't blame you it was so i mean 
we we joked about about how we would do this this episode but i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say we're starting off with rachel we're gonna start off with uh it's what she would want it was what she would want uh, so the original songs let's talk about this. the actual original songs yeah i mean obviously some are written to be terrible and a couple of them are written to be uh, quote unquote good so uh only child trouty mouth and in the middle right so they they go in ascending order from bad to questionable is only child trouty mouth big ass heart hell to the no and get it right am i wrong or is that just me loser like me right loser like me at the very top of the less bad i actually like oh. loser like me i'm not gonna okay, I, I i didn't hear that but yes <laughs> uh i like loser like me as far as i can like any of the original songs mm-hmm. like it's fine but obviously some of these are meant to be terrible and some of them are meant to be not terrible so yeah because at the end of the day it's not actually kids that you know yeah yeah wrote these um and, and Mouth obviously is the standout because it's hilarious it is really funny i it's the only one that i like laughed at as i watched that was like meant to be funny yeah yeah and honestly, big ass heart is kind of a it's got kind of a good beat or not a beat, but like a good tune. Like it's a little country rockabilly. Like it's kind of good. So I mean, like there's that's the other thing that I think is interesting. They're like, we're gonna do original songs, and it's like, cool. So you're gonna write words, and you, do any of you have any composition ability whatsoever to yeah. also not just write words, but also write like sounds and beats and and notes and I don't know music, and if that's not clear, gave so, rhyming dictionaries. Obviously, that's all they needed. Like, yeah, rhyming yeah. dictionaries, hit songs. That's it. That's that's. I'm pretty sure how it works. Um, nobody that works in the music industry needs to correct me on that because why would I? How could we possibly be wrong? We find well, think- an example here of we're wrong and we don't care. You're just gonna accept it. <laughs> <laughs> I think right now writing music is basically just turning on a Mac and seeing whatever garage band pumps out, right? I I think that is how the children do it these days, yes. I feel like that's basically the top 40 right now. I could be wrong, though. No, no, you're not. I've decided no. And again, we're no longer taking uh, comments to tell us when we're wrong. <laughs> we're going now with like what we say is just facts. At this point. We only accept comments when we're obviously right. Yeah. And by all means, then you may comment and say how right we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, a rhyming dictionary is not going to create a song. It's going to create bad teenage poetry, of which some of this is. And that's say, of which we got. Mm. Of which we got. Uh, yeah. I just, you know, uh, the idea that anyone would seriously go... Okay, again, we need... Honestly, we need someone who was in a glee club or school choir to show up and be like, you can or cannot write original music for competitions. Because I have no fucking idea. But would you ever write your own music a week before the competition and think that you stood a chance? Because that that's what drives you crazy about this original song crap. Are you it's Rachel not- Berry? <laughs> like, it's not that they're doing it it's that they're doing it a week before and thinking and one that they win with like 
well, and they also win because Candle sucks and the others sing about Jesus to try and win. So, uh, the competition. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I feel like it's, I feel like it's very appropriate for Rachel Berry uh, or like the, like her, the, her hubris to just be like, you know what? I think I think I think I can totally write a song a week before competition and it'd be an amazing hit song. And granted, she has some of uh, some frustrations because she's like, I have no inspiration for how to write a song, in which case it's like, then why did you want to do this? Yeah. Um, like she still deep down thinks she can. And yeah. it's like so when you're like, would you ever do this? It's like me, no, Rachel Berry, a hundred percent. That's that was totally that was totally you know, true to her character. Yeah, and everyone else in the Glee Club is like, yeah, we're totally going to put our own high school careers on the line for this because the one song that we've been rehearsing is no longer allowed because we didn't plan any backups. And all our little singing eggs in one basket. Because Shu's a dick. And he can't just, you know, hey, let's have some backup material. I mean, honestly, like, uh, high school students may be that impulsive and overconfident, but the teacher wouldn't be. Yes. I should well, hope so. One would hope. Yeah. We well, are talking about Schuster here, though. Exactly. Exactly. We're talking about you. So, and... <sighs> <laughs> That's always how our comments on shoe end are just with... <sighs> yeah, it's just a long, deep, Hiding uh, sigh, yeah. It's just like, why? Why do you do? Why do you do the things that you do? Um, the other side of Rachel is that she's doing half of this for Finn. Still, instead of being her own badass self and doing it to graduate high school and go to college or Niata or New York or whatever the fuck she wants to do with her life, but oh no, it's Finn. Blob of a person. I know. So I mean, it, and like a blob of a person, it's he can. It's like he can retain. He's like a receptacle for whatever, whatever thoughts or emotions he needs to have at that time, or whatever he needs to do. So blob of a person. I, quite literally, he's just he's very amorphous. He can just change as as the fucking plot needs. Yeah. He and Quinn both have that problem of mm-hmm. any way the wind blows is what their their characters are. They're defined by the plot needs, not by a character arc. Which is so frustrating. Because in this one, if we're if we're going from Rachel to Finn, the next piece of the puzzle is Quinn, because that's our white mm-hmm. person blob. Yeah. And yep. our white sandwich. Our our white sandwich. All she wants, well, all she wants now, according to this episode, is to be prom queen. And to be prom queen, she needs Finn for some reason. And to get Finn, she needs Rachel for some reason. Because Finn likes Rachel, and she can't just fuck off. So she pretends to be Rachel's friend, because Rachel's apparently an idiot and will believe that. (sighs) Also, Hmm. I I think we'll know we'll see more and more going forward that Murphy and the other writers just don't particularly like Quinn as a character and probably 
mm, don't like Diana Agron either. I think, I think that is definitely it. <laughs> and I think it it is apparent in the line when she's monologuing to herself, you're smart and pretty and relatively sane for a girl. And I was like, I didn't remember this line occurring. And I was like, relatively sane for a girl. And that line is actually one of the notes I made mm. with the what the fuck beside it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. What it's another one of those where he, they're like, haha, we're trying to be we're trying to be funny. Yeah. And like, no, that's just no. straight up. That's not that's, funny. Yeah, that's just fucked up is what that is. And her her drive to be uh all American high school prom queen is so dull after her ups and downs of the school year. It when is. It is. It could have been so much more interesting. And I mean, it's like she had. She's incredibly smart. She ends up going to Yale. Spoilers. She's got a lot about her that is that is absolutely very interesting. But they make it the most blah. They give her the most boring ass storyline. Like you point out, where she's like, she went through this punk phase. She had a child. She decides, I want to go back and be prom queen. It's like, yeah. bitch. Really? That, that's that's what you want to do. And that's all they're going to have. That's all they're going to have your character do. Yeah, and she keeps her, like, what, her mom's tiara or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. that is in like, a velvet mm-hmm. case in her closet. Like, does anybody, I mean, yeah, you know, maybe there are people out there who do that. But to me, that always felt like uh, a trope, a media trope of the girl who keeps a tiara in her closet just waiting for prom. She's a caricature of the of John Hughes's princess, mm, mm-hmm. like who, which is in and of itself its own character, like yeah, and it's in and of itself. So like they took that and they're like, what if we took that whole princess thing and, and like made it worse and made it like more, and we're gonna add some like dark comedy, but it's like you didn't, you just. Worse. I would have enjoyed Quinn's character a lot in other circumstances, I think. By circumstances, I mean not Ryan writing. Mm -hmm. Like, a teenage show that has, like, teen pregnancy and then a kind of, like, fucked up 17-year-old who really wants success in life, but has also dealt with pregnancy and giving a kid up already is not an uninteresting story if it's done well. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. It's like there's so much there. Also, if they just kept up the Mercedes Quinn friendship. Yes. Because I think I would have enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, it, there were a lot of things that they could have done, done with Quinn and they were just... And I, yeah, and I don't know if it's just because they found they didn't really like the character um, as much as they thought they did after like they got through whether it was like the pilot, the, the pilot, or like the first season, or okay, uh, Quinn isn't really the foil to Rachel that we wanted. If it was Diana, that they were like, well, we don't want to work with her for reasons, whatever they may be, um, and or she's like, I don't want to work here for reasons, whatever they may be, but. Um, 
yeah, it's just it, it, it's sort of sad to realize that there's a whole there's a whole character that that could have been really good. Could have they had a lot had a lot to work with. And they're just like, mm, TR in a velvet case. That makes sense. We're just gonna lean on that. Yeah. Also could have been interesting for her to keep that kid and have to go through high school with a baby. Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, and consequences of your actions yeah and also discussing like what it must be like for how hard it could be for you know single mothers and single mothers that are 16 yeah Uh, yeah they should have contacted us about all of this i'm just really sad we didn't get the TV, I was gonna say story I, because I would take it in fic form too of Mercedes and Quinn raising a baby together. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fun. I mean, that would have been really interesting because they're they're with their personality types. That'd okay, be- so the, the Glee reboot is basically it's- Quinn and Mercedes raising. We go back, even though I hate reboots, and will spend an entire mini episode yelling about why this current nostalgia blast is the worst thing that's happening to media. Uh, but oh. I'll take a, I'll take, I'll take a Mercedes Quinn. Uh, sometimes I say sometimes uh, reboots are, are useful and nice. And I think this would, this would uh, be where this falls. Yes. Oftentimes they're not, but this one, I think, would be one of the few exceptions. Yeah. Just to just to watch it. Just to be like, ah, look, it could have been good. Mm-hmm. We suffered so much. Speaking of uh Mercedes, uh Hell to the No. That was pretty high on your uh on your list, right? Yeah. Well, because yeah, it's it comes in the where does it fall? It comes kind of in the middle. It's after Big mm-hmm. Ass Heart, so it you know it's it's after yeah, naturally it's after that one. Um, that makes sense. Um, it's good. It's fun. It's more of a complete song. What I are, you know, this, but it's fun. It's fun. Well, and then I get, and then one of the notes I have here is Schuster is saying, um, "All good songs come from a point of personal pain." I'm like, do they though? Because I have a lot of songs that I like that are not necessarily always about personal pain. Some are. Um, I think it's more just like you have some songs that are about, well, songs that are about personal experience, which doesn't necessarily mean pain. And I just feel like that's strange the way he says that. But then again, I also just, it's just very strange. Life is pain. Highness, anybody who tells you (laughs) differently is lying to you or selling something. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, her her song is much more like everyday insults, microaggressions, which is kind of nice that it's not so uh, huge. But no, no it's, you know, she's not talking about like the tragedy and the pain of being an African-American woman in this little Ohio town. Because... <laughs> That would be a depressing song, surely. Yeah. I mean, it would be a, a very appropriate, accurate, you know. There's a lot there for her to sing personal pain from. 
Uh, and I also sort of feel like maybe she doesn't want to sing about personal pain. Maybe she's like, I bitch, I deal with that in regular everyday life. I want to sing a song about like something else. Or even if I, even if she was just like, I want to sing a happy song. Be like, anyway. It basically, anytime Stu says anything, I just get angry and make a note of it, <laughs> yeah, have it later. So, is it just a flow chart? Yes. To issue on screen, yes. It's just <laughs> hash marks, something. you know? On the, like, it's a, Do we need to complain about it? Yes. <laughs> it's like a school notebook of hash marks that looks like something from the movie Seven, where when someone <laughs> discovers this, like... 30 years from now, they're just going to think you're Why? psychotic. Why is fuck shoe at like <laughs> into the wall? <laughs> what happened? What happened here? What uh, dark yeah. deeds occurred here? <laughs> there is not enough sage in the world to, <laughs> to cleanse this room. To cleanse this room. This house is clean. Yeah, that was, that was creepy. All right. All right, so then we've got, I don't know what else really happened this episode. Nothing. Well, mm-hmm. they went to the regionals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they won. And then they go on to finals? Is it final? <laughs> what is it called? Nationals. Nationals, sorry. I couldn't think of Regional it. Finals only semis. <laughs> the uh, Grand Slam tournament. The Super Bowl. Yes, they're going to the Super Bowl now. They're going to the World Cup. Honestly, singing Eurovision. Actually, that's not even (laughs) the Eurovision of mouth sounds. (laughs) But also, but also, uh, Eurovision feels like a large glee club present. Yeah, as soon as I said that, I was like, "That's not actually that that off base." No, it's not. It's not that wrong. Honestly, this explains so much if we could just, is like, explaining. Think Eurovision, think a large glee club presentation, but all of the schools are countries. <laughs> Back to glee. Uh, I guess some, I guess a bird dies. <laughs> it sounds, it's like the beginning of uh, an old poem, like, a bird dies. A boy sits, but does finding freedom. <laughs> My God, but also the okay things happen before this. There is there is lead up. Okay, to the, bird, to the yes, bird. yes. I feel like we need to set the stage to such an auspicious. That's fair. Momentous, uh, important. Uh, uh, tangential. I don't know. <laughs> it's running out of words. Um, uh, hit us with the uh, hit us with the the scene setting. Well, the scene setting is that that Blaine opens the episode by making a fucking mess of Dalton. Oh yeah. Yes, that I was painful to watch. I'm like, who was cleaning that up? You didn't go back in the room. You didn't. I, yeah. that up. Every time I watch that scene, which used to be a lot more than it is now, let's not not pretend but like just throwing somebody's paperwork it's probably not even his homework somebody's paperwork some freshman probably just because he's 17 all over the fucking floor singing something and poor kurt is just 
just really not feeling it this time. And I think we need to really go on the emotional journey with Kurt in context of the previous episode, because this is Glee and these, these episodes really follow one another with emotional context, don't they? Always. One episode really breeds off the next. I mean, that's how they, that's how they work is that, you know, you have to have seen the previous episode mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. understand the emotional through yeah. line character, because if you don't, you're going to have, it's like, well, that, you, that ob- obviously uh, built on top of each other. Yes. That's always, it's very, it's very glee. Yeah. So, so Kurt is reeling from his very awkward conversation with his dad and also with Blaine, who seems to have forgotten that he told Bert that he wants to have sex with his kid. Isn't Blaine, that what happened? I, I, I have no arguments there. I feel like that's what happened in the last episode. I mean, I wasn't here to talk about it, but I feel like that's what happened. Do you, do you need a moment to... No, it's fine. I'm, it's I've said my piece. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Just putting it into context of what happened in the previous episode, and now we're back to this one where apparently none of that is going to be talked about. So Kurt is is not happy about all of Blaine's solos, which do, to his credit, are, are pretty fucking numerous, especially when the Warblers are supposed to be a group and yeah. not... They're not big on the actual ensemble. It really mm. is Blaine and the Pips. It really <laughs> is Blaine and the Pips, uh, and that sucks. Um, and he, at least, at least Kurt is willing to say it out loud. Cause I, I would just stew in my own hatred forever and never say anything. So I guess props to Kurt for, uh, speaking up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, like, I like his season two confidence a little bit better than how it exhibited itself in season one. Yes, I felt like in, I felt like in season one he actually he wasn't confident. He it's almost like fake it to make it kind of confident. So it occasionally came out as being a dick. Yeah, um, because he was trying he was dealing with his own pain and trying to be kind of that whole like you got this, you got this. Just like keep your head up. It's fine. It's fine. And sometimes that came out like lashing out. And now I think he's starting to feel actually confident, which yeah. ends up being calling shit out when it's just like, hey, I'm, I'm basically replacing one Rachel for a different Rachel. And it's like, you're not, you're not, in a, you're not a group, like, thing, even though you, maybe you think that blank because like, you're the one leading up everybody, but. Yeah. And to, well, we'll get there. So I guess we're going chronologically. Pavarotti dies. Sweet bird. That uh, bothers me too. What kind of bird is Pavarotti? Uh, canary? Canaries live for like a decade. Pavarotti only lived a year. What we, the fuck did you do to that bird, Kurt? Uh, <laughs> Pavarotti died so Clayne could live. Like, that, that bothered I, me back at the time I first watched the episode. Yeah. Uh, I was like, this bird should not have had a one-year lifespan. We, okay, we don't actually know that he was only a year old. Because, we do, because they showed the gravestone. Yes, but 
but we don't know that that's accurate. That's just what Kurt put down because that's how long he had him. Okay. It's tradition to, but didn't they say like it's tradition to pass the bird around to the new person? So maybe he had been passed around. That sounds gross. Maybe he had been other people's birds. I'm just trying to make this better. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I know that Kurt is a bird murderer. Yeah, I see the reads you're making. I will allow it. <laughs> More at 11. But I'm still going to say Kurt should probably not own birds. No, he really shouldn't. He shouldn't. Like, was that bird getting food? Was, was that he getting... case looked awfully small. Like, was there airflow under that Burberry-esque cover? Or... Yeah. Yeah. I, did he let him out at night? And he got eaten by, like, I don't know what was happening there. Was there no sunlight in the basement room at Bert Hummel's house? I don't know. Oh, my God. What if, what if, uh, no, never mind. I'm just going to say, what if Kurt was going to go, was going to go all uh, Cruella DeVille so that he could have, like, a jacket made of canary? <laughs> no. But, oh, God. <laughs> That's what I don't know. worse than what I was imagining. It just got dark. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't actually mean that. I know you wouldn't do that. You're a lovely, gentle soul, but in my mind, I barely popped up. Free path. Yeah, literally, free him, please. Yeah. Waited. So, uh, Pav, Pav goes off to the, the great coal mine in the sky. And uh very dramatically kurt bursts into the warbler council in full victorian mourning uh which is fantastic and sings blackbird because you know got that beatles catalog Um, you know you've got to use it um for me i would just like to give it up for darren chris's face journey it was an impressive face journey. I don't know what the scene directions really were. I don't know what the director's directions really were. I don't know what the takes really were, because we're never going to fucking know. But I, we've seen the scene. We've seen the gifts. We've seen the gifts of the gifts. We've seen the super slow-mo and the when Tumblr went from like the 250 size gifts to the 500 size gifts. And we were all like, Oh shit, we have to redo them all over again. And then we saw how big they like, we've seen this in every possible iteration. I don't have to explain his face in this scene. Do we? No, we do not. So yes, this is the moment when Blaine realizes that he has capital F feelings for Kurt. Now, why it happens here, I don't know. It's never really made sense to me why watching this kid sing a song about a dead bird does it. But I think I think it's in part because the writers were like, we need to hurry this up because everybody likes this couple and uh, TikTok, it's time. And this was the only way to do it. <laughs> but I accept it. I take it and I accept it. 
I like the uh, I like the whole fandom uh, explanation of like Blaine just has a thing for birds. <laughs> we can't we can't go there with Blaine and birds. It's that's not right. But that's just gonna have to be a, a episode that that Patreon will get. But uh, there's just a whole there's a lot, and I just I'm amused unendingly that yeah. that what. Um, that's basically what what fandom decided. You know what? You know what makes sense? Blaine Blaine has a turn on about birds. It's like Blaine likes birds. <sighs> I don't know. How did you How did you feel about the scene? How did How did his misty eyes and his uh, his look of astonishment coupled with realization coupled with holy shit that's the most perfect person I've ever seen in my life, even though I've known him for a year, coupled with all of the other meta that we've read over the last eight years of this show. Mandy, do you have thoughts? Oh, I'm trying to remember how I reacted the first time I saw it. I mean, obviously had a reaction because my reaction was, hey, I just watched this episode. I better make Mav watch this show right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, that's basically how that went. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I think it was really well done. And it was definitely magical in a way that not a lot of things I watched on TV felt like at the time. Right mostly because it was gay and actually not as it didn't feel like a side plot yeah it it felt like actually a story that this tv show was going to do something with which you know at the time i was giving glee a lot of credit still (laughs) i mean i guess Uh, they do get credit for the fact that clane was a storyline they did stuff with but still for a while for a while yeah no that's fair it does i mean it had build up there's yeah. some build up for this. I mean, not not a ton. I mean, so we've watched these episodes pretty quickly, all things considered. I mean, yeah. I know it doesn't like it because there was a lengthy break, but we watched them and yeah. It, they don't have a long ugh, how to put this. They're, because we don't see their day-to-day lives at Dalton and like doing homework and doing uh, extracurricular activities not described in NC-17 fic and you know like just day-to-day things and we don't see them in a glee club just hanging out in the background you don't really actually get much of a lead up to them entering a relationship and that's going to be a problem later if you actually don't see them dating that much yeah and it it does kind of suck like i i don't we we get the joy of looking back now and we get to complain of like there's not that much claim and we want more and blah 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 but like at the time it was hooray there's a positive gay couple on screen and it's wonderful and they're dating and they're happy asterisks for now and it's lovely but if you really look at the time spent, there's not a ton of lead up to this moment of realization. You don't get the like longing between them. Yeah, you, we really don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't see them together outside of these like warbler councils, and that was something I missed all over again this time. Of seeing Blaine in this moment it was like, oh, I would have liked to have seen. A longer streak of him 
realizing things of like yeah of who Kurt is and isn't and all that kind of thing. uh in and I can't believe I'm saying this um in defense of the show no <laughs> breathing um we don't really get that for other couples either this I know is their, this is the one I, I like I get I get honestly <laughs> what what you like like you liked this couple this is the only thing i care about but no it's it's like i a it's a continual problem for the yes. show which is they they'll show potentially some lead up in the sense of yeah that like uh will they won't they for a little bit even though it's not really will they won't they because yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's relationship and then it's we're talking, we're basically doing a, a high school walk and talk. And then it's cut to drama, cut to whatever. But you don't really see, like, what do, what do Finn and Rachel do on their dates? Yeah, that's true. What do, what do they talk about? When yeah, what do they talk about? What does, songs. yeah, what does Quinn talk about with Finn? So it's, it's just a unfortunate, um, problem of the of the show is just that they have this obsession with putting all of their characters in romantic relationships and absolutely no idea how to write one yeah yeah you're not i also have a whole that whole side rant for like if you put like if if you're only if your only means for drama is putting somebody in and out of a taking somebody in and out of a relationship like you're unplugging a wall like from something from a wall socket Uh, you yeah anyway i would have like i say all this to say i would have i agree i would have enjoyed being able to see more from um the the beginning relationship more early yeah it's that early days stuff that's so fun to watch with two actors that do it well because we have the we have the foresight or the hindsight both uh, hindsight whatever of we know we have sight well i don't know our glasses are all pretty thick let's be honest (laughs) captain are some Um, pretty big ass nerds here (laughs) i'm blind of knowing what becomes of their relationship in terms of screen time and dialogue and what you actually see of it. So it's, you, you think, oh, this is great. We're going to get so much more. And then we don't. So in what respect you think, wow, if we had gotten the, the early days of a young romance with these guys, it, maybe would have tempered the disappointment. Well, I'm going to speak for myself here and both of you, because I know you, the yeah. disappointment of what comes in seasons five, in season five. And I can't speak for season six because I haven't fucking watched it. Uh, <laughs> and I guess I'm going to have to eventually. That's a problem for future Emily. That's, that's future Emily's problem, along with so many things. Um, so yeah, it's just that like, Oh, if 
if we had seen their dates and their conversations about football versus uh, Sondheim and doing their homework together of like a 45 second scene of trying to do math while playing footsie, then maybe in season four, you you have that memory of that during the breakup scenes, then it it feels more, it feels less like a uh, an invalid storyline just to hurt the audience. Yeah, maybe. Personally. No. I mean, I don't think you're wrong on that. I mean, I'm not I'm not wrong about anything. No, no, we've we've discussed that's not <laughs> I've already said this. We've when we say something, it's true. But it is, yeah, I mean, because you are, because deep down, I think we have um, ideas and thoughts on, like, the motivations for Kurt and Blaine, because I can't guess how many hours of fic we've all read on this. So for, it's like, no, no, I, I, too many. Specifically with backstory with Kurt and Blaine, I do like backstory, and I mean, like, in, in a, on a, singular person sense for Blake, Kurt, and Blaine. I almost don't know where, what, how I feel he would react to something because that's his base motivation comes from in, whether it's from the show or from Fick. And I'm pretty sure it's from Fick because I'm pretty sure there yeah. is base motivation for why Blaine does anything on the fucking show. So yeah, yeah agreed. If you don't have that early like in as far as for like I mean early for a character you need you need to have that to understand why they do stuff so you're not just like wow you literally had this character do a thing for no reason and it feels like a character assassination um, it's the same reason for for a relationship which is if you've not laid down the groundwork to say here's who they are in this relationship and you can see it when something blows up and they're like and the reasoning is circumspect. It's just like that makes no sense because you wouldn't show me, you wouldn't show me them together. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. as far as I was aware, like everything was fine and perfect, and there's no problems because you don't do anything other than occasionally be like, "Here's a big explosion," and then nothing, and here's a big explosion. So I'm just assuming everything in the middle is super duper cool, fine for no reason. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and also I would just really like to see them hang out and like they're best friends but you don't really after this you don't really see some you don't see it as much as yeah they don't they don't show much of a friendship besides they don't show much besides the hard moments anyway yeah and i mean i i get that the, you know being able to weather hard moments together can be very uh important to a to a relationship but it's not all that's in a relationship and it's not all that's in their relationship. And it's, so you, you want to be able to enjoy stupid happy moments that I'm sure include uh, carpool karaoke clean style. Yes. Well, yeah, for me, it feels like they, when they finally, when the writers finally decided, okay, they're, they're going to be a couple couple. They wrote up to this episode. All right. Now they're together. Now we're done. Yes. And you're like, no, that's that's not the end. There's there's so much more. Like that is a hundred percent it. Where it's just like this is 
this is the end of the road for not yeah but like this is the culmination of everything and it's just like well i mean if that's how you think of writing again if you if that's how if how you deal with writing characters and relationships is the penultimate is them together and the only thing that can be dramatic is we have to break them up because couples in a relationship only have you know drama happen if they're about to break up nothing else externally can happen to a relationship that provides drama nope. um, you fundamentally misunderstand how to write characters you just, you just do. This, yeah, this may be taking it a little far, but it's also, is it a little, it's also maybe a little gendered, but it, it does feel also like a, a guy going, all right, I got the person I wanted and now I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. The, writer, the writers wrote the, the person obtaining the object of their affection and that was the end. And now there's no more, uh, there's there's no uh, keeping it. There's there's no, yeah, I can't even think of the word. There's no, blah, yeah, can't think of the word that I'm thinking of. There's no maintaining the relationship. There's no, like, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's gendered, but I mean, it's kind of, in a, but in the same way, it just kind of feels like the way a dude would think about a relationship and maybe that's bad of me to think about dudes but dudes suck but like (laughs) sorry murphy but is this how you think of getting your husband like i got him and now i don't have to think about what comes after it like i I won that's how relationships work i got the guy like no well now you have to you don't have to you can get a divorce or whatever but like (laughs) i won well no now you now you should continue to want to make that person happy and it's like these Kurt and Blaine never not never but there's very little going forward in in the series of them making each other happy for the sake of making each other happy yeah I mean it's not it's not that they don't want to which is not even in the show it's just not considered to be part of their characters that's not a saying that they don't like each other like we're not on this podcast saying clean is a bad relationship. That can be a mini <laughs> What we're saying is that the writers didn't bother to show us the that they do. It's just not there. They yeah. just don't bother to show us the behind the scenes of their relationship. So it, we're not saying that they don't like each other. We're saying you never get to see the nice little brought you flowers because I walked past a bodega or I, you know, I, I mean, they're 16. They wouldn't fucking do that shit anyway. But you know what I mean? Like the little, the little things, you don't see the little things that make up a relationship. Yeah. You see is the chase. There's the culmination and then everything. And then there's nothing except for when there's an explosion. So small, domestic minutia which yeah. again they're six so keep grains of salt uh for a domesticity at this point right um, so the domesticity is like doing their homework but even that would have been fucking nice to see or even just like a, a like a cutaway shot like it instead of having some of their conversation like have some of their conversations at dalton in like one of the um in the in their in their room uh 
working on homework together, kind of like laying on the bed. They did mm-hmm. some establishing things in the beginning with their relationship, with, um, you know, with kind of setting up how, how, fr- how they're good friends, but they, they neglect once it's been, it's like, aha, the, the, the prey was caught, done, yeah. established relationship. It's like, well, relationships are fluid and relationships move and relationships require work and constant maintenance. And yeah. uh, it's not what we get. And so as a, as a viewer, I, I don't have that insight because you're not yeah. giving. And frankly, I think we all just really want to watch Kurt and Blaine hang out together. Yes. That's all we're saying. That's all we want. No, that's, that's basically the through line here. Show us more of them as actual people. Yeah. yeah. It's the gif of Thor smashing the mug, just screaming out more. Well, I mean, there's there's a whole there's a whole fic subculture for just like fluff fix. Yeah, because, the in between. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The in between moments because that's something we're not getting. So it's almost like that's that was a necessity for the, for people to understand fellow people, uh, and you're not providing it. So therefore, we have to go and make it ourselves. I um I have said before on this podcast and I'll, and I'll, and I'll continue to say it a really, really, really well-written show probably does not have a lot of fic. I'm not saying it doesn't have it. Cause let's be honest, there is still good omens fic. So I was just literally thinking like how much good omens fic have I written, but it's not sad. It's all like, it's all post show of like, and now they live happily ever after fucking in a cottage. It's not it's, yeah. inspired by things yeah. it's not fix it thick it's not it's not let me it's not even like i mean you can there's definitely stuff that's we're just i'm using this because that's what i've been reading recently it's like there's definitely stuff that is set within the the length of the show and or book but a lot of it tends to be inspired by takes off of you know au's so yeah. i'm not not fit it's not thick if it's a good written show i'm just saying it's, it's the volume. It's yeah, no, but I get volume, what you mean. And it's very different. Yeah. Because when something is really well written, especially when it comes to characters, you don't need to supplement. Well, we're because yeah. you have the show. The show provides the the domesticity, the fluff moments. It provides everything you need to understand this character and this relationship. And while some people are always going to want to explore that further that totally makes sense you it's not a necessity to make sense of the show and or provide something that you're missing necessarily or to make the characters more likable yeah or so it's more yeah pretty much so oh my god this is a very very in-depth nuanced conversation on this high fives all around guys listen i just really like clay also, can we can we all just agree? Candles was a bullshit song for them to be even gonna mention. <laughs> yeah, gonna talk about it. I mean, we uh, don't have to talk about it much, but just like, what uh, were you, what were you thinking? I mean, the raise your glass. I get that's just cute. Why you thought those two songs went together? You deserve to lose for that reason. Um, also, you basically have a, an adorable couple 
who is being adorable and you're going to have them sing a breakup song yeah i mean they made it sound pretty like their voices sound good together but that's about as well, far as you can't blame it i mean well darren and chris's voice is not chris and darren you have to say it that way sound amazing you can't say darren has to be Chris and Darren. Doesn't yeah, you do, exactly, because otherwise it just doesn't sound right. Um, it sounds like you're talking about one person. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, yeah, I'd say it's, it's, a, a, it's a, yeah, it feels like a song that Murphy was like, oh, it has the word solo in it, and this was a storyline about Kurt getting a solo in a thing. Let's use it. Like, no, that's that's not how it works. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. So, um, so, so not surprisingly, um, this was the fan voted all time favorite episode according to Glee's final countdown. Hell yeah, it was. And I don't think that, that surprises anybody here. I just felt I'd share. Um, so, of the songs, what uh, what is everybody's favorite? Uh, candles. Um, I like razor glass. Razor glass is good. I like razor glass. Uh, I also loser like me because it's fun. Yeah, it's actually not a bad song. Yeah, I I get torn between um, Blackbird because I do actually. I mean, I really appreciate uh, Chris singing um, Beatles songs. Yes, I think he does a fabulous job singing Beatles songs, and that one, even though it was about a bird, it was poignant. His voice has a has an incredibly angelic quality to it. But also, I kind of liked Misery, um, in the sense that it was just it was just sort of a ridiculous song, especially in the show, where they're just like throwing the you know, like you said, throwing this kid's homework around, running around the school. Blaine thinks he's top man on campus. It's like, you're a dick. This entire song is basically a bunch of children enabling you to be a dick. And I'm a, I'm amused by it. Those papers were actually like their uh, field trip permission slips. And also, where are the teachers? <laughs> They're cleaning up after Blaine throwing all their papers around. Sounds about right. Um, do we have any... Uh, do we have any notes for as far as the um, favorite line? I mean, really? Are you asking? Look, I'm asking for posterity. So <laughs> Can't even say it. <sighs> okay. We I was should probably. No, I'm just kidding. I thought we were. <laughs> I thought we were. Because no one's ever put, oh, there you are. I've been looking for you forever on a gift set. Oh, there you are. I've been looking for you forever. I know. No, no never. That's never. not something we've overused as a fandom at all. And this um, duet would be an excuse to spend more time with you. Well, I don't think he said it in that way. Although maybe he did. <laughs> That's how I heard it. Mm, fair enough. Just me. The, uh... Do we have do we have anything for the 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 Kevin scale? A fat zero. I uh, he's got it's like you have you have you have credit on the episode. That's all I got for you, my man. 
I vote for this episode only. We change the Kevin scale to the cotton walking piano scale and give it a chance. All right. Cotton walking piano scale it is. Do do I need to ask what the uh, plain decks number is? It's it gets a nine point. Uh, it just gets a nine because there's there's no boning, and. They don't say I love you. I am I would agree with a nine, though my reason for taking a point off is mistreatment of the bird. That's fair. <laughs> fair enough. We yeah, have knowing, knowing how things go, there's definitely, like, I definitely would, would agree with a nine because there are other episodes and moments where I'm like, that's like a 40. So let's give this a nine out of 10. Yeah, because there's one more episode where we're probably going to give it a 10, right? I think yeah. so. There's there's a couple that I'm thinking of. Granted, I'm thinking of more of scenes than necessarily full episodes. Right. Um, I'm like, could I, yeah, no, that, that y'all just, y'all just had straight up heavy makeout session on a couch. So like that gets a 10. <laughs> this, this gets the nine for like, uh, well, yes, but I was about to say Darren, but it's Blaine. Uh, you know, Blaine's just face journey. Right, for his face journey, and then for Chris slash Kurt. Well, I got uh, I got kind of got to give it to Chris uh, for his his pink ears and his blushing. Yes, it was so that, good. Really, that really sold it. it. Totally sold the uh, dude I've been crushing on kissed me yeah. for the first time, and, and this like is be my official first kiss. Yeah. And, and, the, the sense and sensibility hand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the pride, pride the pride and prejudice, the, the Matthew yeah. McFadden hand, Matthew McFadden hand, yeah, yeah. All right, so, all right. Is there anything else that we need to uh, to mention about this episode? Uh, that the next one sucks. Yeah. The, the next one, we're just going to talk about this episode again. <laughs> yeah, basically. Night of Neglect sucks, except for the part that, like, they're they're dating and holding hands, and then Santana's favorite line, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go into it, because we can go okay. into it. For, but basically, we're just going to do this episode again. So, okay. Well, if that's, uh, that's all of it, then I have to say, uh, that's what you missed on claim. When it comes to your bathroom, the shortest distance between outdated and updated is a trip to the Home Depot's Days of Doing Bath Event. Like vanities up to 40% off, faucets from only 49 bucks, plus a wide selection of online bath products. Can't make the trip? We can deliver. It's a good time to be a doer and a saver. Now at the Home Depot, how doers get more done. Limited time only. Event end dates vary by store. See store for details. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. And we know that it can get a little weird when things just don't work together. That's why Farmers lets you bundle your home and auto insurance together. And doesn't that sound nice? Bundle with Farmers today and you could save an average of 20% too. Talk about music to your ears.
Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.